Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. is the first studio pod of the new year. I love calling it. I love, I love being that pretentious calling it a studio pod. <laughs> um, the chuckling in the background, the the <laughs> demonic chuckling I hear in the background there is from Mr. Ben Haynes. How you doing? Yeah, good. You sound like such a wanker. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? Like it's so brilliant. I don't Perfect. do. I don't do much to kind of. Don't play it down. Walk, walk back from the, you know, when when I get the odd comment on Twitter that ah, oh, you're this wanker, fully your own, this and that, and I'm like, yeah. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Was Got me it, there, um, buddy. Was it? Was it? Did you put it on Twitter or on Instagram? There's a, a pic. I think it was Instagram. There's a picture I commented on of you just saying mouth breather yeah. because it was it was literally you at the game the other night against Burnley in full kind of. You looked like you were giving someone pelters. No, I, was, I was bellowing. Oh, when the Spurs. That's what it was. Oh, is that what I, it was? I wasn't okay. singing Royal Britannia in a Nigel style as. <laughs> As some people suggested. It did look right a now. bit like that. It yeah. did have that sort of. It had a whiff of that about it. <laughs> a whiff. I'm, I'm banned from saying. I'm, I'm banned from saying whiff on here after I've been Why? calling people whiffy ballers. You know my oh, my attempt to uh, to ingratiate myself to to Gen Z. Yeah, you so. moved on from wavy and moved on to whiffy. It's whiffy for bad. You know, do you know what I mean. Yeah. Ball- no, they're still wavy ballers if they're good. Lolo. He's Can a, a wavy, a wavy baller, baller ever have a wiffy baller game? Oof, that's a good question, isn't it? Or um, is it that they're one or the other? It's like once you're I, marked. No, I, I, would, I would no, I would say that. See, wiffy baller is a statement on the player, but they can have a wiffy performance. Right. So I would say, for example, Gareth Bale, massively wavy baller, right? But I think you and I know from back in the day, there is a bit of rose tintedness about his time at Tottenham. He had he had a fair few whiffy performances at Spurs. Oh my god, I've just blocked that out of my mind. I know. It's, it's I not, just we don't need to I, I haven't thought about that in forever. Like I, I don't. I've just. I am so rose tinted. It's ridiculous. I. 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 Here's an interesting. Here's. I got. <laughs> it's a lot of times past now, so I don't mind embarrassing myself like this. I got into a Barney with another Spurs fan in the, stand, <laughs> in the stands one. You're one of those. <laughs> for because uh, Gareth Bale, I can't remember. It was it was around the time. It wasn't when he was going to Madrid. It was he was linked to somebody else, and it wasn't. I don't think it was when Gareth Bale was quite Gareth Bale, and it wasn't like Nottingham Forest, and it wasn't Birmingham. You know, because there was. I think there was a lot of talk about Harry Redknapp wanting to ship him off ship, to yeah, them. right because they offered us about 10 mil and he was like yeah great give me the money but i want to say in between him being gareth bale and kind of gareth bale that had the kind of curse of gareth bale about him i want to say he got linked to a chelsea or somebody like that right um and there was all this kind of leak leaked stuff to the press from somebody or other that was like people close to him suggest that he would actually be quite tempted by the move or whatever and I think it was one of these times when I'd I'd, I'd had a few, because I'm hard. Um, but this, you know, whatever it is in my early to mid twenties, like fine, I'm allowed to do that. I so you had the sort of fizz. You had a little yeah, bit about I, you. I had the fizz, and he was having a naff game. It, like it was one of those games when it was like, what's he trying to do here? Is he crossing it? Is he trying to? He's trying to take everybody on. He's not releasing the ball. Just you know, like a bit sort of full of himself. And I remember there was <laughs> there was one bit he was close to I was I was down in the bottom of the shelf and he was down he, he was there sort of getting the ball and I just said Gareth you're not going to get that move to Chelsea playing like that today mate and uh, the bloke next to me was just straight away was like 
Don't you fucking mug off our players, you little fucking prick. I'm here every fucking week. Don't you? And I was like, I'm here every week, but I'm not a season to get older. I move about the stadium trying to like qualify get... myself to him in the middle of this thing. Did you get like the wobbly lip sort of shouting? Yeah, that sort of like... <laughs> really emotional. In the back of my head, though, also thinking like... This geezer is about six foot wide <laughs> about, and like six foot five tall, skinhead. He is going to put a fist through my face. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So uh, I remember. But I tried like... to front it. Do you know what I mean? As you do, as I was there, probably in a cardigan, sort of trying to, <laughs> <laughs> like, trying to wearing... tread that line of like, I'm hard at the football, but I'm also trendy when I leave the football. Scarf you know what I mean? tossed over one of your shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh to be young i remember being in a pub and a really similar argument sort of kicking off like i I was sat on um you know when you sort of you you go to the pub to watch the football and the law of social seating just doesn't apply anymore yeah rules of of the jungle yeah exactly exactly right and if someone gets up the seat just gets robbed and stuff and i ended up sitting in between these two guys and i remember one of them it was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do if Gareth Bale leaves Tottenham. And out of nowhere, the guy on the other side of him was like, you'll stay supporting the club. It's not about the players. And I was like, what is going on? They didn't even know each other. That, like, I didn't know either of them. And I've ended up sitting in between. And I just kind of like awkwardly sat there watching the game, just kind of like trying to peer around their pointed fingers that they were kind of like, and it all became a bit Bridget Jones, you know, when they kind of like yeah, point at yeah, each yeah, other yeah. and then start poking each other's finger mm. like while screaming at each other. So don't you point at me. Well, don't you point at me. It sort of gets to that point, doesn't it? Where you're just yeah. kind of like, oh my God, I'm just going to, I'm just going to ignore this. It's such a bizarre thing about how it can roll people up that much. Two people arguing over the same thing. Given my, edgelord credentials like I, I love i do love the fact that spurs are amazing right now and i love i love it when we're flying do you know what i mean i loved it remember like the 16 17 season under potch when we especially home games when we were just knew we were going to turn up and beat whoever the fuck came to us like and every single game the whole stadium was rocking everyone's in unison we're sort of getting back to that place now where it, do you know what i mean like and saying it's like a nightclub after every game and all that yeah. type of thing right it's great I mean, vibes like, at the moment, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like it was a, it was a boring game. We'll get onto the game, but it was a boring game against Burnley in the FA Cup. Cold Friday evening. Still, the atmosphere was absolutely sensational the other night. Right? It, it, it's good to be back in that place. However, yeah, there is that demonic chaos bit of my brain that <laughs> likes it when it gets so bad that Spurs on Spurs starts happening. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? White on white. Yeah, and these little things start kicking off all around. I'm like. Oh, God, you know, it's quite funny, isn't it? When you see yeah, just in a pub, a pub car park before the game or something. I remember that one. I can't remember what the game was. And I think I was there with Ricky, actually, your your new, you know, life partner. <laughs> yeah. We were at the Bell and Hare before. And I think it was just one of those periods when Spurs were shit. And just out of, <laughs> and out of nowhere, like this sort of almost like a mosh pit just formed in that. <laughs> This circle formed in the middle of the bell and hair. Two guys are having a punch up. One of them like ripped his shirt off. They're having a punch up. And everyone was sort of awkwardly watching this unfold. And then <laughs> and then the whole crowd started like chanting, come on you Spurs, come on you Spurs. As these blokes are having a punch up in the bell and hair. And we were like, what? <laughs> what? I, like this is well weird, but I'm kind of here for it. And it's one of those things you're like, football man like this is just it's it brings it out weird. and why is it that the first thought is like well fights happening get the shirt off <laughs> why oh, is it these guys is it instantly like there's two men kicking off there right, yeah, get your shirt off it's, <laughs> it's, it's got to be it's got to be something like in the in the ape brain right the primate yes, brain there's just like, like come I'm on beat, beat i want to beat my chest. chest and yeah exactly exactly it's just instantly though it's so funny it doesn't it, I, I don't know whether you found this i feel like Sorry to sort of go on this tangent, but you you knew that going into today that that was what was going to happen. This is your fault. Um, but you know how Twitter has become an absolute cesspit, and it's now just videos of fights almost everywhere. Videos and of you- fights and like naked girls being like, sign up. <laughs> 
you know, and you're like, well, and yeah. all all gambling companies commenting on absolutely everything, saying come and bet here or whatever. But I'll sort of occasionally sort of you'll be scrolling through and then like a video will start playing of a fight. People are always shirtless. There'll be a street yeah. fight somewhere. They're always shirtless. Yeah. I just don't understand it. Like the, the, in, in no other walk of life would you ever kind of like just be, be out shopping. <laughs> and like, really like these jeans. Get the shirt off. <laughs> Get it off. It- I wonder if it's like a. I don't want somebody to have extra grip on me. It's like you know, Bronson. You seem, you know, we, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. We're edging into yeah, BYOB here, mate. Dangerous, but, dangerous. But Bronson, when he gets all greased up and calls him into the into the, do you know what, mate? Like that's a, a like a Dharma Triore at some point. That like a Dharma Triore, just do. cover yourself in Vaseline. So you yeah, can yeah, things. exactly that. But you know, if you're if you're a particularly astute gentleman, if you take your shirt off, you've got a lot of chest hair. <laughs> You're going to be in trouble in the middle of a punch-up, a street fight. Do you know what I mean? Oh, people, absolutely. People do whatever they want. Grab Oof, onto that. Ouchie. Are that's you quite... Nice. Sorry to... I know we're about five minutes in and we haven't spoken about Spurs yet. Are you... Do you have a chest rug? No, not a rug. Not a rug. I've got, right, got, okay. a, got a little bit there. I've got a little bit of a, a throw. <laughs> <laughs> it's so middle class. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I've, I've got, got a, a pashmina. chest throw. <laughs> Wait, no, would a pashmina would be quite very hairy, wouldn't it, really? Probably. But but do you know what I mean? We've all got those mates, right? You've got some mates that will, like, you know, take a shirt off and it looks like they're wearing a woolly jumper, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Absolutely. I'm not, I'm, I'm not that. I'm not that. Um, no, good. I would say, a, a, you know, an ample, a decent amount. Do you know what Perfectly I mean? Perfectly so, pleasant. Uh, now we've moved on from that. Um, we did talk <laughs> about Tottenham versus Burnley. It wasn't the best game in the world, but, you know, that's kind of... It's what you expect from Burnley, isn't it, right? I know Vincent Company he came into the Premier League with big ideas off the back of, you know, an amazing kind of season with Burnley in the Championship. Came in with this kind of principle that, no, we're not going to change how we play just because we're playing against big dogs. And I think that lasted for maybe a month. Got a few hidings and realised, yep, got to have a bit of humble pie here and I've got to just play like Burnley in the Premier League. So we we know we know what Burnley are generally gonna gonna serve up in a game like that, and that's, that's kind of what it was like, wasn't it? It was attritional, it was ugly. They most times flooded the box anytime we ever got near it. They pressed us very well, to be fair to them. I'm not trying to make out like they yeah. were completely, you know, playing like rugby league or anything. They actually weren't. I don't think they were particularly dirty in the way they played or anything like that, as we've seen from teams of that ilk previously. Um, but I thought Spurs did a good professional job considering the you know the well you know the well-known players that are missing the tiredness the whatever beating another Premier League team in the FA Cup's grand isn't it yeah it just doesn't really to be honest it doesn't really I sort of I know it does the performance does matter but we spoke to Ange afterwards and he was just like, we're through to the next round. And you, yeah. you, that's where your head goes to, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, cool. The, the draw takes place on Monday evening. I'm very much of the opinion that I want a home game. I want no nonsense. I'd like League Two opposition. Do you know what I mean? Nice and simple. I, w- I would like for Ange to have the ability to choose to go, okay, we've got these young players that are in a very high pressure environment because of where we sit in the league it would be nice for him to have the option to go right we can bring him in a little bit earlier I thought he did made some really nice substitutions actually mm. he made a, a really good triple sub bringing on the the young guys getting Dane back on um but you, you'd think against slightly weaker opposition he might have the opportunity to rotate just a little bit more I was really pleased that he went full strength Oh, big time. As soon as you saw that, you were like, right, no nonsense, up for the cup vibes, let's do this. Um, and it was, you're right, it was professional performance, took an absolute ping to to win it, which was, a, which was a treat. I mean, watching that and seeing the ball deviate in the air the way that it did, it was it was special. Um, I, I was sat in the south so much that oh, it were you? hit the net, it it's would smack me your in head. the face. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's that kind of trajectory. It was, it was gorgeous, wasn't it? It was. It was one of those. Just as you're watching it, you it, there's enough time from the ball leaving his foot to going in the back of the net for you to get excited. Well, and everyone goes quiet, don't they? Like you yeah. hear the 
little the hush. ping, and everyone's like, oh. And then the explosion. <laughs> And, uh, and and because because it's a goal from distance, you're not having that VAR panic. Do you know what I mean? You're not having the whole, no. oh, is he offside? Is he got offside by a nose hair or whatever? It's just that there felt a, like there was a rawness to that celebration. You know, that it we, we've been waiting for a moment of quality for the whole game and then it went in and you, just everyone lost it. It was lovely. That's what you got to tell Ange to do, mate. Just tactics from now on pingers that's it <laughs> yeah exactly FC. everything it. from distance i read a thing this morning i don't know where i've seen this i might still have it up on my laptop but it was like it was it was canos from brentford saying that they've been explicitly told not to shoot from distance oh, he said says for seven years at thomas. brentford bore not allowed thomas. to shoot from outside the box thomas frank explained his reasons with shots from distance also decreasing in the elite game statistically I, I i get it right but i'm sorry you cannot beat the the feeling the other night of watching pedro porro stride onto one and don't get me wrong like Breda johnson was absolutely ribbing him afterwards saying like yeah he misses a lot in training <laughs> you, you, you sort of you think yeah, nine times out of ten, that's going to fly miles wide. But occasionally, Darren Anderton versus Leeds, Stephen Carr versus Man United, Pedro Porro versus Burnley, you get that one that just sails into the far corner. Harry Kane just... versus Arsenal, mate. The mask. Oh, exactly, exactly. It was gorgeous. Lovely way to win it. And then as soon as it's done, you then go on to um, you then go on to the next round. You're thinking, okay, cool, job done. You can think about United. You can think about the next round. And there's a bit of a winter break coming. So you might even see by the time we get to the next round, you potentially have got, what, four players back, five players back, which would be amazing. How, Mate, how much would you love now, next round? When I was, you see Maidenhead got through. Like a nice kind of conference tie away game, as, we, as we've spoken about before. The smell of the burger vans, the smell oh. of the turf, the little corrugated iron stadiums of a non-league ground. Seeing Spurs playing their trade in that. Would you? So would right. you go for that? Like, because I'm not sure whether I'm in kind of ruthless, brutal mode at the moment, where I'm just like, do you know what? Give us the home games so we don't have to travel, so we've got better chance of win. I, I kind of, I think I was, I was chatting. I think it was Milesy I was talking to the other day, and we were sort of saying, just give me, like, give me all of the easy draws right the way through up until the final. I don't like just, do you remember when Mourinho had the, the league cup run and we got a bye and we got it's fantastic, think, wasn't it? that occasion you just get them. And that's just, that's just, that's just nice to have, you know? So there's, there's a little bit of me that I loved our, our game against Marine. And what was the other one that we had where Pochettino played Harry Kane and, and he said, I'm playing Harry Kane because they, the opposition deserved the chance to play against the English captain. The this is Welsh team, wasn't it? Was it? So I. Who was it? Was, was it Rochdale? Was it Rochdale? Maybe. And we scored like yeah, and he came on and scored. Oh yeah, twice. no, we did score. Yeah, that, that snowy game. God, I, yeah, yeah, I was there that day in Wembley. It was freezing cold. But we we had a similar thing, didn't we? With that, who was who was the Welsh team we played, and they got a replay out of us. Newport, oh, Newport. Newport. That's Newport. What I'm thinking of. Yeah. Newport. yeah. Um, but yeah, like you, you, there's a part of me that still pines for that, and then there's another bit of me that thinks, God, just, just fly us through now. I would, I, I really do so, want, I, I really do want a, a team from from League League Two or one of the. Say, so what you're saying is you don't believe in the magic of the FA Cup anymore. Oh, I believe in it. I just believe in it for everyone else, not us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if, if, I'd like to see Man City get knocked out by oh, someone wow. from the or and uh, do you know what? Seeing Arsenal and Liverpool get drawn together. That was incredible. I mean, Juicy, you um, immediately one of the big six or seven sides in the Prem is out of the competition. I mean, that's massive, absolutely massive, because it just means everyone's chances got a little bit better. For because let's be honest, like if we get drawn against Arsenal at any stage of the competition, it becomes a, a derby game, and it's not an FA Cup game. It's a derby. I'm not, I'm not built for that either. Imagine, imagine no, I can't. No. I, I'm I'm glad I was too young, even though we beat him. Too young to remember really that the f- big famous FA Cup semi final. Well, I mean, actually, I've seen I've seen us play an FA Cup semi final against Arsenal though. The, but we were we were really crap at that point. Mm. Do you know what I mean? When was that? Two thousand and one, two thousand and two. I want to say Everson scored first at Old Trafford. It's when they still did the 
semis at Old Trafford. Didn't we have um, one with Gary Doherty scoring, st- scoring as well, scoring a header maybe? I want to say that was FA Cup. Well, that might have, to be fair, that might have been against someone else. But um, we we've had a couple of we've had a couple of big games against Arsenal. Just we got yeah. games in the league against them. Fine, do you know what I mean? And you, you've you've already kind of a couple of times uh, alluded to this on the pod. The idea of this kind of like the 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 doom imagination of like what if we're in the title race come April and then there's that game. You don't even want to think. I, I think we play home against them in April, right? You don't yeah. even want to think about it because it's just too much for your brain. Like you can't, you, I, I can't comprehend how horrible that build up to that game might be if we're it's still in everything, you know. And so I'm delighted that we won't now potentially get drawn against Arsenal in the quarterfinal. The risk the and the reward of like that, for example, oh, title oh. race against Arsenal is just it's off the scale in either next level, either isn't trajectory, it? isn't it? You know. Next level. So I'm. Um, uh, do you know what? I'm just having a mooch now. If you look through, the, the good thing for Spurs is that there were there were how many all prem ties? There were four all prem ties, which we were one of, and we nipped through against uh, against Burnley. But then you had uh, Palace Everton, which went to a replay. You have Wolves Brentford, which went to a replay as well. West Ham got held to a draw by Bristol City so they'll go to a replay as well Nottingham Forest got held by Blackpool so they'll go to a replay as well at Blackpool and the same for West Ham against Bristol City um, and there was one other wasn't there yesterday Luton Town had a draw with Bolton and they've got to go and play a replay against Bolton away so when you look at the you look at this 32 give me 32 balls in the hat tonight and you think okay there's actually there's some really good potential here to get a decent a decent draw so I am kind of of that opinion. I'm like, you know what? George Ellacobi managing Maidstone United, bring them to the lane. That'll do. Do you know what, mate? I was I was fuming that the draw is tonight. I was I was gearing oh, really? myself up for after Arsenal Liverpool last night. I was thinking, you nice, and then we've it. got the draw to come. Yeah. Rubbing my hands together with Galee, and then it was like end the game. See you later. Yeah. I was like, oh what? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Having to Google, you know when like, you've committed oh, to something, yeah, you've committed it to your brain. You're like, this is happening. The draw it's is like tonight. a sneeze. You know when a sneeze goes away. <laughs> oh, right. that, and have, have I told you this? I, I think I have told you this. I've got this thing that bright lights make me sneeze. Really? Yeah. So like, it, it, really bright lights. I, it, apparently, like one in three, one in four people have it. And you just, just walk around nightclubs, you know, and that sort of mate. Genuinely, flashing off. <laughs> yeah, I will just, and I'm a loud sneezer. It really sounds like I'm attention seeking. Oh, you are, you a dad sneezer. And <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> really, yeah. sort of letting people know. But yeah, so if I then don't sneeze, it drives me absolutely mad. So I feel your pain for last night, but only a few more hours to go. Fingers crossed, we get a good draw, eh? Yeah, it'd be lovely. It'd be lovely. I mean. Did you, I don't know if you saw Adam Crafton of The Athletic. I'm going to try and find it now. He did oh, a bit of Oh, good thread. A, uh... Good thread, because it really got me thinking that. Oh, mate, it triggered me so much, though, because he... What was it he said? Clever oh. thread. He sort of... he he. he I, I reckon... I know Adam, and it, like, carefully worded, I think. Sort of, like, managed to say all the right things to make you go, No! No! I can't... Where is it? Maybe he deleted it. Maybe he's getting too many. He was getting pelters for it. Um, well, he did the, did you keep an eye on FA Cup attendances yesterday after being told how excited everyone was? And then he went into replays, etc. And, and all of that on some replies. Oh, has he now? See, I was just going to jump into his original point of saying, you know, I'm not excited about the FA Cup. I think it's shite. And like, I kind of, I get, I get the idea about rallying against this, you know, fairly old-fashioned mentality that the FA Cup trumps all, that it's the most important competition going. I know it pissed off a lot of people when Pochettino said it, but Anne just said the same thing just the other day in that winning the FA Cup's great, but it doesn't it doesn't take a club to the next level. Having success in the league. Take, yeah, Anne just basically said exactly the same thing as Pochettino said. With one in, caveat though, right? In English. Well, With that it would be lovely to win it still. But 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 he also said like it's about a, a sustained period of winning trophies, whereas I think with Poch the thing that always grabbed me was him saying that um, that there was one point where he said we got to win one of the big ones, Champions League or the league, um, and and I and I sort of got that because he was close, right? He, he was close, mm. but I think 
the way that football's moving at the moment, you just can't afford to think about the League Cup or the FA Cup as as not part of the makeup of the season. Now imagine yeah, yeah. imagine Chelsea go and win the League Cup. Like that will be enormous for Pochettino and enormous for them. Like that's 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 massive. Um, people people cannot people cannot get away from the fact, right? If Spurs won the FA Cup this year, it is massive for us. It's enormous. massive for us. But but on to sort of Adam's point is that like, and it's not you know, it's I was using him as an example. You know, I'm, I'm not just kind of <laughs> rounding the dogs on Adam sort of. Thing. <laughs> but he, I, I just I think what it what it overlooks, and maybe we have a bit of a closer affinity to this having worked on sort of year of the underdog and everything like that is that the competition really does still mean so much to smaller clubs, to smaller communities, to communities that are built around grassroots level football clubs and not even grassroots level, just smaller football clubs. It's a chance to get, remember how buzzing the whole city of Yeovil was. So Ben, I've spoken about this before, but Ben and I, we, worked on this documentary, one of our previous jobs, where we followed the lowest ranked team across every leg of the FA Cup. And it just so happened that we, Yeovil had drawn Bradford the round before. We we covered them there. The manager, Darren Way, at the time, was you know very happy with us. He said we were the only media outlet there that was you know had any interest in Yeovil. And he sort of jokingly said, we draw anybody next round, United, anyone like that, you guys are front of the list. Lo and behold, they drew Manchester United, which I think was was it Jose Mourinho's first game in charge of Manchester United no, or something? No, no, it, it was Alexis Sanchez's Alexis debut. Alexis Sanchez's, yeah, sorry, but it was Jose Mourinho's United, wasn't it at that time? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he and he was true to his word. We we were front and center ahead of all the other media outlets, getting to interview him, interview the players, walk around the stadium, do everything. But we saw because when we were filming sort of cutaways and stuff in Yeovil beforehand. Everyone was buzzing. The whole city was buzzing about the Death Star of Manchester United's <laughs> team coach showing up to this, you know, this little provincial ground. It was huge and it was such a buzz around the place. The atmosphere was electric. And I think for anybody to say, yeah, okay, well, we don't have, maybe need to go on in all these old fashioned terms about it being magic and all this type of stuff. But it's just shorthand, isn't it? It's the way people kind of talk about these things. People love a bit of nostalgia. We all do. We're all being like, it was 10 years ago today since Tony Soprano did something or other. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, People just yeah. do that type of well, thing. Right? The other thing is people, people sort of, when they hear the word like, oh, it, it, it's one of these communities of, of people, I think it's really hard to get your head around what that is. But uh, if you take... I think we went to Slough Town, didn't we? So we went to Slough and I would say the community there, in terms of the people that run the club, that were part of the club, you're probably looking at about one to 200 people in terms of like the real core, they keep the lights on sort of vibe. And if you imagine that when you get to even just second round or first round proper, you're getting in the region of 70, 80 of these teams that have got, 200 people that are absolutely hopelessly in love with their club and want to do whatever it takes to keep the club going. And then you think of that group, maybe 10 or 15 might get through to third round um, or even less perhaps. It's, it's unbelievable what it can do for, for teams. And I think when you're so involved in the brutality of the Premier League, like the Premier League is a behemoth, it's stupid how big the Premier League is. I mean, you only have to look at match days at Spurs to see the international appeal of the Premier League or or any team in the Premier League for that matter to see how many people almost flock like it's some sort of pilgrimage to come and watch their team from thousands of miles away. The the FA Cup is the, the FA Cup is the opposite of that. It is, I'm five minutes down the road and I'm going to come and help work on the gates for match day or take tickets or make coffees or that kind of thing. And that's what props up the entirety of the pyramid. So even though I get it that people can be like, stop calling it the magic of the cup. It, like you said, it, it's just a, it's just parlance. It's just a byword for the, the, the idea of the infrastructure that holds it all up. And that's why I, I mean, I don't know about you. I was a little bit, I, I, sorry to go full ball bag, but I was a little bit upset that we didn't get a 
one team that could potentially cause a giant killing or, or, or one team that was low ranked getting a TV game. I really thought if they're going to introduce Thursday nights on the FA Cup, why not just say as a branding exercise on the Thursday night for the FA Cup, we'll put one of the teams that has been on a miracle run to get to this stage, even if they're playing someone who's not that sexy. Instead, we had, I think it was uh, in terms of the TV games, it was all Premier League sides, yeah. right? Every every game had a Premier League side. But then I guess, do you, do you know what though? That That to me, that always nods at the wider problem of the fact that Really, in this country, so few people, and it's mental to say this, but it's true, so few people get to actually watch Premier League teams in action. That's um, true. You forget in this country what a privilege it is to, you know, if, if you're talking about like, you know, some old geezer that doesn't know, or woman, who doesn't know how to use streaming software, doesn't know how to find illegal streams, not that I do that, um, of games that can't be watched like, many young people may do and know how to do the chance and if you can't afford to go to the ground or if you you know you physically aren't able to go to the ground or you have anxiety about covid or whatever the chances are you you don't ever get to watch a premier league team in action which is bonkers you know if you can't afford sky and all the all the rest of it as well so i i, I can kind of see that and i think i guess they do, yeah, ITV and BBC, they did stream all of the games. Again, I know that's kind of, that's that's sort of beside the point. It's not the same as having the broadcast coverage and being front and centre, eyes of the nation. Did they stream all of them? Yeah, they do. So on iPlayer or ITVX, you can go in. Well, you get every single one? Games. As far as I'm aware, yeah, I'm pretty sure oh, they see, did. Oh, see, I didn't think that was the case because I was scanning around yesterday for a load of the games and I couldn't, I couldn't find them. But maybe that's just me being one of those old people that you're speaking about that can't work out streaming services. I think, yeah, if you dialed down into the specific kind of categories and things like that on iPlayer, um, uh... in general, you can see all the, all the games there. But it, yeah, I mean, it is interesting, but I, I just think, you know, to, to, to bring this back to Spurs, we've been starved of a trophy for a very long time. And I've been, I've definitely been one of those people and I got it 14, 15, 15, 16, my eyes were fixed firmly on the Premier. I want us to win the Premier League or the Champions League in the sort of successive years. And it's, it sounds almost preposterous to say, but number one, to dare us to do is the club's motto, so fuck off. And also number two, we were that good. That 16-17, it's still... And I, I get in trouble for going on about this too, you know, with too much bleary-eyed nostalgia, but that 16-17 team to have not won anything is still just... it's astonishing it's astonishing how good that team was i don't know if you saw it i don't know where it resurfaced from but carl walker was doing a bit with i think it was just man city's internal comms um and i i think the question to him had been like you know is this the best team you've ever played in and he still said like yeah maybe but still people forget how good that team was that i was in at spurs and started listing all of the all of the boys yeah from that and I still think you know I there's that weird bit of me I still think Carl Walker does have a bit of affection and does have a kind of bittersweet kind of look back at Spurs as we all do at that kind of period how it all kind of went but you know you started the rock Kyle by going so you know maybe have a, have a word with yourself on that one but um <laughs> what a group it, it was though man what it, it was it was and I think just imagine now, because I think one of the main things we can sort of all call back to with that era with Poch and everything is, imagine, I think, was it 13-14 when we got to the Carling Cup final? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. 
or League Cup, whatever it was then. I think maybe no, maybe it was Carlin then. Still, when you not we lost to United in the final. No, no, when we lost to Chelsea in the final. What and we had the uh, yellow trinket? Yeah. Eric Dyer's first season. You remember that when he when he yeah. scored? And we we just and it was all the lad. It was Townsend, Mason, yeah. Bentaleb, all the all the sort of the first the wave of the Pochettino era. We got yeah. to that Chelsea final. won two now. Yeah, and I remember a lot of us sort of thinking, imagine if we'd just gotten that one over the line. How much would that have set us up for the subsequent years? You know, if we if they'd have just gotten that first bit of success. And I kind of I feel this with I know people see that there's a there's an opportunity here in the league at the moment. Nobody's running away with it. Liverpool were, you know, they're making a good fist of it. They look like a ruthlessly efficient team, even if they're not at their kind of bombastic best, as we've seen under Klopp previously, heavy metal football, gegenpress, all that. But they still look very, very efficient. But still you feel like with our sort of sparsity of games there could be the opportunity for Spurs to do something, especially when we get all the big lads back. But I don't think the FA Cup needs to be seen as a distraction from that. And I don't well, think... we haven't got Europe, have we? Exactly. And, mate, I think we're in the first wave of this Andrew Postacoglu team. And for my money, when we've got our fit and firing 11, and even when we don't, to be honest, we look like one of the, if not the best team in the country when we're in our full stride. Like, it's, it's astonishing to me how quickly we've become as good as we are right I don't think if we don't get it this year that means we're completely out of the race we continue to make good exciting signings we continue to make smart signings there's a good vibe around the place we have some unbelievable young players in this team right Ange seems up for it Ange is saying all the right things I think we're going the right places and I just think right in his maiden season his first season at Spurs if we won something like the FA Cup, something that we haven't done since 1991, which, lest we forget, was the Tottenham Cup, the FA Cup. Yeah. We yeah. got that over the line. I mean, do you know what I mean? That that sets us up, I think, that really suddenly. Then they can suddenly forget, ah, Spurs, no trophies, ah, Spurs, all that crap. Suddenly that's gone. That's not part of the conversation anymore. Suddenly it's, this Spurs team is different. This Spurs team do get stuff over the line. Oh dear, maybe they're a problem, you know? Yeah, I do, I do think as well. I mean, in terms of the most FA Cup titles, I, I hate the fact that we were the FA Cup team. We were the side that yep. won the FA Cup. And now Cup Arsenal teams. have kind of sort of nicked that. You know, they've got 14 FA Cup wins. And we're on eight with Chelsea and Liverpool. Man United are on 12. I feel like it'd be nice just to put our noses back in front, wouldn't it, of the other two? Yeah, I mean... How far off are we now? I think we've we got eight, haven't we? I think they're on about... Yeah, we've got eight. Liverpool, Chelsea on eight. or 12 now. United on 12 and then Arsenal on 14. Yeah. Arsenal had that run, didn't they, where they, they they won about four FA Cups in six years or something silly like that. They'd get a really, really good run in the FA Cup. And I remember going to watch a... I remember going to watch a game, sort of stupidly. I was with a group of mates and we were going to watch the FA Cup final somewhere. I think it was Arsenal versus Hull in the final. And we just happened to be in central London. We're like, we'll just nip into this pub. And it was heaving full of Arsenal fans. Oh, Absolutely. It was just stink, horrible. Stink. It was just it was just like, uh And then I think Hull might have got in front or maybe went 2-0 up. And obviously you're, you're thinking like, possibly, could they yeah. potentially do this? And then Arsenal went and just ripped them apart. Um, but the jealousy that I felt of seeing, seeing them win the FA Cup and the way that they were celebrating, you're like, you do, I don't care what anyone says. You, winning the FA Cup is massive. It's massive. Arsenal. Had, you saw, remember when Leicester won it the other year as well? Oh, it's huge. I felt, honestly, I felt like I felt so bitter with jealousy watching them do it. Watching it could Leicester have been us. It. it could have been us. Sort you of see thing. how mad they're all going. How the celebrations that went, yeah. the ticker tape everywhere, the smoke bombs, all of it. Just sat there watching that, thinking, "Fuck you, lot." Like, I've seen you do the Premier League ahead of us and now doing the FA Cup as well. Fuck. Well, do you know what, as well? The, uh, one thing I'll say about Spurs' recent FA Cup runs, this is why I'm so pleased that Ange went with a, a full-strength squad. Because over the last few years, we've, we've gone out in really quite sort of damp circumstances. We've just sort of, like, 
fizzled out of the FA Cup. And I remember you and I were chatting last year about the 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 kind of cup comes out. I don't, I said, did we go out in the fourth round, fifth round last year? Was it Forest? And, and we were saying it's opening up for us. It's opening yeah. up. Like the teams are dropping by the wayside. There's an opportunity here that so long as you don't draw Man City, you're in. Oh, no, it's really... Sheffield United. Sorry, that was that's who did it. Yeah, we're in with a really really good shout here, and um, yeah. that's why I'm I'm sort of thinking now, like just there should be the ability. I mean, we're in this space now. I don't know about you, but I have almost constantly open on my laptop. The The website is called Premier Injuries, where it <laughs> gives you the, the time frames of players that are injured and when they're returning. I'm sort of, I feel bad for wishing away time, but I'm sort of looking there and being like, okay, Madison, not too far away. Solomon, not too far away. Romero, not too far away. Sessegnon's just returned. You've got Basuma, Sar and Son away on international competitions, but they're not a million miles away. And then you've kind of seen a few come back and you sort of think, if we can just peak at the right time this season, if we can get to that point where, yes, it's never perfect, but if we can get to that point where the majority of the squad are fit, for the the key part of the season, February, March, April, you know where the, where everything's won and lost. If you look at the league over the last few years, it tends to be February is the time when someone motors on, has their sort of 10, 11 game winning run that essentially wins them the league. I mean, City did that last year. Everyone was talking about City being in, in, a, in a really weird patch of form and then suddenly they go on that February run and they just destroyed it. I remember Conte's Chelsea did a, a very similar thing. Um, I mean, City do it all the time, but Liverpool did it. Do you remember? They hadn't, they'd gone undefeated before they had their, I think they lost to Watford in the season. They They won it behind closed doors. But they had their run where they went and just nailed it. And I think with us, if we just get a bit of good fortune, I know the, that clip, did you see that clip that did the rounds the other day? And I think it was probably us against Luton away, was it? Or maybe Bournemouth away. And it ran across the Spurs starting lineup. And every single player in the yeah. starting lineup has had a period, almost all of them have had a period out through either injury or suspension over the course of the last two, three months. Kind of thing. But oh, talking about just... talking about ballers, though, mate. Looking at that when the camera's running across that lot, you are suddenly like, "Oh wow!" D- well, yeah, I was when because when I saw that exact clip, I was like, "Oh man!" Like we we are actually we're a serious team. <laughs> we are we're amazing, mate. Let we're, me. We're really good. How much did it do for you over the last two weeks? We've had some like it's very rare that we we get these moments, but. Seeing last week Rodrigo Bentancur's name just in the lineup, then seeing this week Mickey van der Ven's name in the squad, mm. how much does that do for you as a fan? It's amazing, isn't it? It's just beautiful. I mean, I was I was making a point in one of the post match or pre match pods the other day that Bentancur has that similar aura to 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 Ledley King in that when they're in the team, you just feel a bit safer, you feel a bit happier yeah. knowing that they're there. He's, I mean, Bentancur. You can tell, you know, I don't think he's fully fit, I would say, from watching him. I think he still needs somebody next to him to do a fair bit of running for him. But just his command of the midfield, he is, he's got such a presence. And the funny thing is, because he, he looks quite slight, you don't really realize, he's actually, he's actually massive. He's a really oh, he's big enormous. guy. You know? Enormous. And, 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 and so calm on the ball, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. He just strokes it about. He reads the game so beautifully, so so beautifully, and I can't. You know, there's quite a few memes and stuff going around at the moment, but I share the sentiment in that everyone is very excited about the potential of seeing Bentancur, Saar, and Madison starting alongside one another. You just feel like that's a team that, but and that's not to do anyone like Basuma in a, a disservice because. I think, if anything, what we're learning from Antipostokoglu is that we don't have a starting eleven. The team is not about a starting eleven, right? It's about a squad of players who are fit and firing. And I think, you know, I was making those kind of comparisons between Pochacoglu. (laughs) There's a a weird hybrid. Pochettino and Postacoglu earlier. I feel that with Ange versus the Chelsea manager... Um, and she seems to place a greater emphasis upon the squad, whereas 
Poch, for as much as I loved him at the time, he did sort of fall into that death spiral towards the end where he just continued to complain about the lack of options available to him when we'd just seen him for the past three, four years actually whittle a squad down to a starting eleven and just a core sure. group of players that he trusted, right? Whereas I do feel like Ange has more of an emphasis upon the collective, upon the squad, upon everybody being able to do a job right. Hence the system that he employs, which is multifaceted, which is players not really playing in strict positions. It is players... I mean, okay, they do have strict positions, but what I'm saying is a lot of players roam within this system, right? They do various different things on the football pitch. Did you see... I don't know if you saw Serena Wiegmann, the England women's coach, talking about this, but she does this thing called starters and finishers. She doesn't talk about reserves or subs. Interesting. Um, where she basically says, like, I know the changes that I want to make for various game states, for where we are in the game. I know a player that's going to come on and finish the game well for me. And I know players that are able to handle the start of a match and the tempo setting of a game. And I do wonder whether Ange's got, like, it's one, one thing I've been meaning to ask him in one of the post-match interviews at some point, and I, I will do it at some point, he just, it's whether he has that, whether he's managing and and being both proactive and, and reactive as well, seeing what's happening and then thinking about the changes that he's going to make, or whether he does think about the squad as, okay, I know this player finishes really well, is going to come on and be able to impact the game in a way that I want to towards the back end of a game. And the reason why I was thinking about that is because, like you said, with that midfield, with those midfield options, the dream is that there is a point in time that turns up over the course of the next month or two where you have a fully fit Bentancur, Madison, Saar, Basuma, um, Skippy, Lacelso, Pierre-Emil Hoybier, like we have six or seven options, all fully fit in the midfield. And then Andrew will have a, a choice to make as to what shape he wants to go with and then which of those three you play. Because I think you could probably make an argument, couldn't you? Certainly for the three that, that started the season, so Saar, Basuma and, and Madison, you could make an argument that there are maybe two or three changes that you could make in there that mm. wouldn't necessarily weaken the team. It just It would just be different. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So yeah, like Bentenko, for example, maybe you go, well, the best version of Rodrigo, Rodrigo Bentenko was pressing high up the pitch, you know? So maybe he might want to, maybe there's a, a possible world where he's playing Madison and Bentenko as two further forward midfielders. And then he's choosing one of Basuma, Saar, Hoybier as, as a sitter, as someone who's just going to screen. And I mean, that's quite exciting in itself, you know, the, to, to think the idea of playing with two number 10s Maybe he would want to do that with Lacelso and Madison. I mean, it's it's a really, really exciting time to be a Spurs fan in terms of both the style of football they're playing, but also the affinity that you feel with so many of those players. They're exciting, you know. It's it's exciting to talk about and to watch. Just makes it a more difficult proposition, doesn't it? It, it? it means that an opposition manager can't say, "Well, he's going to go with Basuma and Saar here," and then we line up with Bentancur and. Hoybier or whatever. Can, you, know, you, can you imagine what it was like last week when when, when you Bournemouth probably been prepping the whole week, thinking the okay, and Hoybier, probably, right? And then suddenly Bentenko's in there. You're like, yeah. oh, for God's sake, come on! <laughs> it's brilliant. I love it. So good. So so good. It's mad, and it, it's 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 exciting. It's exciting as a Spurs fan to, to think about the amount of talent that we have at our disposal. And it hasn't. I'm not going to say it hasn't felt like that. Because I think everybody who's been called on to do a job has done it exceptionally well. And our league position is testament to that, right? Um, but what I mean is that we were started the season flying and it's felt a little more, not even difficult. It's just felt like, yeah, let's say let's say it's, it's felt more difficult. It's felt like the, the points have been harder earned. And then when you suddenly think, you know, we're adding the likes of James Madison, who is started the season as a lot of people were saying was the best player in the country at the time, the form he was in. You're adding somebody like him back into the mix. You're adding somebody like Mickey van der Ven, who again, no disservice to Ben Davis, who has been unbelievable, like unbelievable for the past few games. But you're adding somebody like Mickey van der Ven, it gives us a completely different physical element to 
our play. It just un it unlocks doors for us on the pitch, right? It allows us to play more front-footedly. It allows us to play somewhat more expansively, as we did see at the start of the season, because we know we have a horseman <laughs> in the, in, <laughs> a, as a centre-back who can just gallop back at ease and just take the ball off of pretty it, much anybody. In the isn't league. it weird how you um how you learn to like new things in a game you know that you, you that you sort of get excited about or or buzz about whilst watching a game and i'm i'm thinking for example like remember aaron lennon when he sort of yeah. first was breaking into the side and you were like oh my god this is so exciting there's going to be a point in the game where the ball's going to get switched out to aaron lennon and he's going to do that thing where he drifts with the ball on on the outside of his right foot and then he's just going to ghost past someone just quick as a flash be gone. And you're like, that's a really exciting thing. I was starting to get that with Mickey van der Ven. I was starting to yeah. get excited for when the opposition goes, oh, there's a long ball over the top on for our quick striker. And then you'd see Mickey just eat up the ground and then smash them off the ball and then walk away with it. I, I can't believe it gives you such a buzz, you know. It gives I, you I can't think about which game it was. It might have been Liverpool. It was potentially the Liverpool game, but there's one game in particular when Spurs were playing a, a ludicrously high line against the team, and a lot had been made about this prior to the game and about the attacking options. I think it was probably Liverpool. Can I? I think it might have been Crystal Palace. Was it Palace? Okay, and he just and every time they kind of got the ball to their forwards, they would bomb it through and you think oh no oh no and then you just see Van der Ven just almost be like I've got this I'm fine Amazing, just gallop back and not even go to ground just go in nick the ball off him and then start the play for us again build yeah. from the back get it sort going underrated sort of ball playing centre back as well isn't he in terms he's of because he's so quick he? he does this thing where he can kind of like almost turn at right angles away from attackers as well just sort of ghost past them and then move the ball on so lucky to, to to when you think about how much chat there was. I, I didn't know much about Mickey Van Der Ven at the beginning of the season, and I'd obviously seen the clip of him running at a thousand miles an hour to make a defensive block against a counter attack. What a wonderful surprise he's been in terms of just how good he is as a player, not just as an athlete. He's been wonderful to watch. Can't wait for him to be back. The maturity on him, though, mate. The the interview you did with him driving driving him to training um you can't believe he's what 21 22 yeah he's really 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 <laughs> really, I mean? really mature calm friendly i mean but i do think this is i remember anshan earlier on the season he, he said there's nothing wrong with being a nice person um earlier on in the season when we sort of asked him about why i, I said to him why do you think so many people are warming to this squad and, and the way that they're playing. And he said a lot of it is to do with them being good people as well. And I do think this is a good group. You know, you do you do have that feeling about them, don't you? Like you I, I think yeah, it's... They feel it's, like the lads again, don't they? Feels like yeah, the lads, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you, you're, you're wishing well for them. You know, they're not just... They're not just the team that takes the field for the side that you support. You actually want them to do well. You know, you, you, you feel it in affinity. It just serves as a reminder, doesn't it? Because I think... You know, you go through all these different, you know, I remember when it came to the end of the Bale, Modric, King, Van der Vaart type era, being like, I don't think I'm ever going to love a Spurs team as much as this again. I just love these players and I'm sure I will like teams again. And oh, hang on, wait, there's King, there's Keane, Keane Kane, Bentaleb, there's Ryan Mason, Mason, there's Aldo Worrell, there's, Rose, you know, Walker. You go again, and then when that, after the Champions League final, when it all started to crumble a bit, and I remember thinking, I'm just no, I'm not gonna love a team as much as that, and I know it will get better, hopefully at least, when we, you know, when we're going through COVID and we're riding all those sort of storms and stuff of the, the painful rebuild, the squad finding its feet, various different players, various signings in and out, that type of thing, of thinking, yeah, I'm sure it will get better, and I'm sure I will love a team again. But I don't think I'll ever love a team as much as that kind of 16, 17 peak potch team. And then suddenly, straight away again, I'm like, God, these lads. I love James Madison. I, I love Van der Ven. I love Kulisevsky. Like, I love him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Papi Matasar. adore the kid. Like, absolutely. And I think he is. We're talking about ballers at the top, mate. I think he is a serious player, him. Like, I think yeah. he is. 
you know, the, the amount of expectation, the amount of pressure placed on a player in, the, in his part of the field, in his position, especially in a system like this where it's so integral to, to what we're doing, for him to be the supply line, not only, not only be the supply line to those playing ahead of us, but also to provide that kind of protection for the players behind him. To do that at the age that he's doing it and to do it with the, I guess, the level of confidence with which he plays, yeah, he incredible. does get everything right. The odd, the odd ball goes astray and everything like that. But I would wager that for every single ball that he gives to the opposition because he's taken a risk and he's tried to do something, he's either played that beautiful eye of a needle pass that's been kind of the, the pass before the assist, before the goal, or he's made up for it by just gliding back and robbing the ball off of an opposition player who's trying to break. He, yeah. he just seems to have the lot. Um, delighted to see him get that long contract. Absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. Same that, destiny. That, yeah, and that always seeing that happened with destiny. Seeing that happen with that, that always feels like the marker of we're onto something here, and we know it. You know. Yeah. Like, we did yeah. that. Remember at the start of the Pochettino era when suddenly it became a tell, meme, didn't it? Yeah, but it, it, it's suddenly when the club suddenly realizes, right, we're we're kind of in that place again now. Let's build now let's how good let's does that go feel by the way you know right? you know because it's, it's happened it's so fast feeling. that's the thing that's kind of caught me is it's happened so quickly that there's just because I, I mean you get to the end of a of a season like last season where we, we've had multiple changes within the head coach role and you've had a lot of um changes in terms of players coming in and going out and loans and things like that and you think was well, like even your your most optimistic side is saying this is going to be a tough task for for the manager to come in and, and bring everyone together and get everyone singing off the same hymn sheet. But then to do that with the the style of football, with the players, with the kind of general feeling about the place, and then with the fan base as well, all within the space of six seven months. Has it been six months now? Yeah, it's, it's a, maybe even a little bit, possibly even a bit less, like it's six months or there or thereabouts. It's really, really impressive. It's it's so impressive because I'm I'm the same as you. I'm I saw a tweet the other day, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it, and I apologise to whoever put it out there. But it was after we had lost to uh, Brighton, and the tweet basically said, "Got to the end of last season, ready for the the summer break, ready to have a bit of time away from football." Have just watched Spurs lose to uh, to Brighton away from home, and I can't wait to watch them again. I mean, yeah. what an incredible feeling that is! Like you've watched your side lose, and then you can't wait for them to be in action again. It just kind of tells you everything about where we are at the moment. I don't want to put you in uh, any sort of uncomfortable position, and I know you don't. Contrary to what probably a lot of people believe, you don't know the inner workings of the club and their transfer policy, but. It seems to be, you know, that a lot of headway has been made in us bringing Timo Werner to the club initially on loan with a potential view to buy. Um, but without drawing into the specifics of the deal, what would a player like Timo... Because, look, I think we've all enjoyed making fun of him at Chelsea, his sort of finishes, especially towards the end of his time at Chelsea, some of his misses and all that type of thing. Um and it, it it does seem to be a, a transfer that has thus far proved pretty divisive, actually. But I would say I'm I'm pretty pumped about the idea of it, mate. I'm not going to lie. Like, I really am here for it. And I've seen a few people make the case for the fact that even if his finishing isn't, you know, as good as one might hope it would be, he's an elite presser in the final third and always has been and remained that way. So if he allows the you know, the rest of the players in that kind of advanced position on the field to do what they do best and does a lot of the running for them, it's a great deal. I mean, most of all, and this has kind of become mostly the kind of the point of contention is if it's a player that Ange wants, as it seems to be reported and is very keen on, from everything we've just been saying there, you've got to give it to the big man, haven't you? Because they've... He's turned this club around. He really has done. Um, it, I mean, it may not be he's turned the club around, but at least he's galvanised the pieces that have been put in place. And suddenly we're seeing the best of it. You're suddenly seeing, oh, right. 
hang on, I was wrong to doubt Porro. Hang on, I was kind of wrong to get my knickers in a twist about the fact we signed this destiny a doggy lad and then loaned him straight back to his parent club because I want him now, you know? Actually, we've we've waited and it's comes fresh same with Papa Matasar, you know? Oh, right, we've all had a moan about Kulisevsky and Bentancur. We're just signing players from Juventus. Oh, hang on, actually, they're both amazing, right? Suddenly, everything's kind of fallen into place and we've got this man at the head of the club who wants to, you know, not wants to, who is taking all of those pieces and suddenly showing us how brilliant all these players are. I can only get excited about a player like Timo Werner, who, number one, I think probably his, you know, the the... The dodgy sides of his game, I don't, not even dodgy, but just like the things that he doesn't do as well probably are overstated. A lot of people are already showing you, actually, his return at Chelsea was brilliant. He scored a lot of goals and assisted a lot of goals for Chelsea as well during his time there. He he, he won a Champions League while he was there. Um, his overall style of play at Chelsea was brilliant. And you see is the more and more players like him that they've lost, they're not doing as well anymore. I, I just, there's something about him his directness, his speed, his frame, his size, all of it. But I think chucking him into this team where he's not playing this kind of ultra prescriptive kind of negative football type way that he was often asked to do at Chelsea. Now he's given this freedom within this kind of system, which is perfect for a player like him. It excites me a lot. Not only does it excite me in that it allows Kulisewski to continue to play centrally. It allows Brennan Johnson to continue to play on the right. It, 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 he can also be... I think he's of a similar-ish profile to Sonny. I don't think he's as good as Sonny, but who who is really in world football? Very few players. But you've Sonny made the a, point, haven't you, that yeah. like Son could do with... You could do with the options to ensure that if you've got 20 minutes left to go in a game or 30 minutes left to go in a game and you want Son to give you an hour and maybe then you want to rotate. His profile is is really good from that point of view. And he seems like, and I'm sure this is a side you will potentially get to know very well, mate. He seems like a good bloke. Like he actually seems like, again, we're talking about this lad, this, this culture at the club, these lads, these lads that we kind of live and die for. I think we've, we've all said of Werner in the past, all oh, right, yeah, he can't hit a, you know, a cow's ass of a banjo type thing. But He's very funny. He's very charming. He seems very friendly whenever he was speaking in interviews and stuff like that, right? I'll tell you what, I can give you a little bit of insight here, which is really, really bizarre. I did one of his first ever interviews with him um, when he joined Chelsea. Did you? I think it's really weird. I don't know why I did. It, I think it was like a, some sort of... Um, was that Players' Tribune or...? No, it was but it was before that. It was. It, it, I think it might have been like a, a commercial partnership thing that I'd done and he just arrived to um he just arrived just to clear to up for anybody listening this isn't Hainsey saying he worked for Chelsea by the way <laughs> people yeah, get very I... sensitive about this stuff Ben so it's probably best yeah just good to clarify yeah, yeah. well like uh, you just you know you you can just within production work you can end up I, I I think one of the partners of of Chelsea sort of then employed the production team that I was working for at the time to do the do some commercial work for them um and i think he i think he had just arrived and he didn't even have a a, a house at the time he didn't he, he was he was literally had just got through the door um and i was i was amazed at how friendly and charming and polite and kind he was because he was a i mean you just turn up to someone you don't know anyone i mean he literally knew no one and was really really sound and, and and friendly um and i went away from the day we'd done a, a number of things with a number of different players at the time and he was far and away the the most polite and the most sort of charming out of a lot of them so i i was really really impressed with with him at that point i think just to go back to your point as well just in, in terms of the fit i'm at this point now where I am so, so taken with what Angie's doing with the strategy and the setup and the style of play that he's playing. If he wants Timo Werner, I am totally behind what he wants because what we're starting to see is... if you, Let's just take Pedro Porro as an example. If you listened to some pundits and some critics 
that were saying this guy hasn't got a he hasn't got a chance because he defensively they weren't sure he was up to it. He's far and away one of our best performers this season. I think he's played the most outfield minutes of anyone in the team. And I don't know about you, but I can't envisage at the moment. I don't want to go into a game without Pedro Porro in that starting lineup. Oh, he's he's no, so no. good. He's playing so well. And he seems to be such a great character as well. Um, that you go, what okay. It put me in prison and I'll end up owning the place. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but it's, this is the thing, right? Is that if you... If you just have the opportunity and you're given a bit of time and you're given the right system, you can shine. And I'm sure there are players that have just been at clubs at the wrong time and it's not worked for them because the style hasn't suited them. I, I think this style will suit Timo Werner. He's got electric pace. He's a great presser. We've won games this season at times from winning the ball high up the pitch. Timo Werner could be there. You can never have too many strings to your bow in terms of ways in which you can score goals. And I, I feel like Timo Werner could be a really, really good fit. I mean, I, again, I'm just going off of the. Um, I'm just going off the reporting. I mean, BBC reporting it as kind of as, as as good as done. I don't know anything about anything sort of behind closed doors. Um, just from the reporting, it looks as though it's going to go through. And the fact that Leipzig are talking quite a lot about it as well. There's like lots of quotes coming out around, yeah. I mean, the, the fact that he wasn't in the team, et cetera, uh, the other day. So I'm excited by it. I'm I'm really excited by it. And what another great option, you know, you can't have, as we've been saying, you can't have too many options. It's really, really crucial to have depth in your team because, and just sort of alluded to it recently, said like, we're changing the style of play. People are, going to get niggles like this is just occupational hazard so another option in the team particularly while Sonny's away I, I think it's a really really good signing and when all's said and done six month loan potential option to buy but still six month loan if it doesn't work out then you know whatever I don't know if you saw Simon Jones as well reporting um this was a like that United and Villa understood to be among the the clubs who had sounded out Timo Werner's availability but talks with Spurs accelerated on 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 Friday, and then there was another bit of, of reporting saying that I think it might have been Dan actually, Dan Kirkpatrick reporting that it was um, that Andrew had spoken to him directly. So, it, like, if that's the case, you sort of think that's really exciting, isn't it? The idea well, and that you've and got a manager that can buzzing about the yeah, idea of joining Spurs. That's you've exciting. got a manager that can that can instill in one conversation the idea that now nah, you want to be a part of this you know and i mean we're all we're all head over heels french but to know that he can have that impact from one conversation i think that's really really cool really really nice Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.